Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And we are doing our Happy New Year's, our whole entire New Year series as we bring in 2018. So if you missed Monday and Tuesday, make sure you go to the website and we have those shows posted for you because we are doing, there's about six of these things that we are doing to really create and allow for a great new year. And so we started out with the position of intention and we did that and and then we started with bringing the year to a close and keeping it closed. And so I really enjoy this, um, this verse, and this is the Message Bible, and it's uh, Isaiah 43, 18 through 21, and it says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Because I provided water in the desert and rivers through sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom-made to praise me. And so this is a really important thing when we are really concentrating on bringing the year to a close and keeping it closed. It's the past. We don't want the past coming into our present and altering our future. Then we talked about creating new beginnings for myself by asking God for the new things that he has for me. And this really means that I don't get in God's way, I don't fight him. It means that I practice that step of faith and believe that God has good things for me. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And we talked about the whole idea of wineskins, and we don't want to put new wine in old wineskins. And we talked about, you know, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of when I'm allowing for new things to come into my life? What are my old ways of thinking? And out of that that, that chapter 43 in Isaiah, what, what are the things that I'm not perceiving? What are my false beliefs? And, and am I letting my past failures define me? Am I struggling with the same sin? And we really talked about the last couple of days about, you know, every day is a new day. And we had that Lamentations, that beautiful Lamentations verse that, that is so, so comforting. And it says, God's loyal love couldn't run out. His merciful love could not have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness? I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. And you want to remind yourself that when God created you, 
He saw every single minute of the life you were going to live, every decision you were going to make, every thought you had, good, bad, indifferent. He saw it all. He made provision for it all. He made provision for your successes, and he's made provision for your failures. So we seek, we ask, and we believe. And we say, God's way, not my way. God's will, not my will. So we seek, we ask, and we believe. And so this next one we're going to talk about, this is number four. I will manage my internal and my external world. So remember, faith and belief are a mindset, a positioning of my heart. It's not always about how I feel. It's a choice about how I think as to what I allow myself to linger, ponder, think on. Am I going to practice and look for the ways God is giving me that future and hope? And so this part of future and hope means that as I go into 2018, I'm going to really practice managing my external world first, first and foremost. That's where I have the most control. And then my external world, I'm going to learn how to manage what comes to me, what the world is offering, what the world is doing. So this is about self-care. The internal world is about self-care. Am I willing to care for God's precious one, which is you, which is me? Because we are with ourselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you've heard me tell, tell this story about this time in my life where I was very distraught, very upset, very just hating myself. I just did not want to be with myself. And if I could have unzipped myself, I would have crawled out. And, and I was saying to God, oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven because then, then I'll be free of me. I'll be free. And God said to me very kindly, you're going to be Cynthia forever. So you m might as well make peace with yourself because you will be with you forever. Now, thankfully, my forever will be in heaven and not be with myself forever in hell. That's wonderful. But it was a very, it was a huge turning point in my life because then he turned around and said to me also, and I want to be with Cynthia forever. And I thought, wow, who wants to be with me forever? That, that was an amazing turning point that helped me to really look at this whole self-care issue and making peace with myself. Because when I'm at peace with me, even, even if I don't like everything I'm doing, even if I don't approve of everything I'm doing, I'm not proud of everything I'm doing, I can be at peace with me just as God is at peace with me. And so we want to really work on this idea of self-management, parenting ourselves, because none of us got perfect parents. We're all mistake-making people. Everyone's, you know, for the most part, we're all doing the best that we can because if we could do better, why wouldn't we do better? We need to understand that the parents that we got, God's doing a good work in them too. And so the forgiveness piece, if you did not get the parents you needed or wanted, 
part of growing up and really taking care of you is coming to peace with the parents that God provided for you. And some things we're not going to know why. We're not going to know why God picked those particular parents. And I, you know, I've talked a lot about my adoption story and and I was put into a family that was very, very different than me. Very different. I, 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 very dissimilar. And it was difficult for me to connect and to bond in many ways. But at this age, in retrospect, I see that a lot of the placement that God did was because I needed to be at a particular place in a particular time to walk out the calling he had on my life. And so he's working with all the mistake-making people, but he's placing us in time because that's the calling that he has on our lives. Nothing is happenstance with God. Nothing occurs that he doesn't know ahead of time. So he didn't, you know, when, when my biological mother became pregnant, God didn't say to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, uh-oh, what are we going to do? We didn't know she was coming. God planned me. He planned me, and we have that beautiful Psalms that says, I knew you before you were formed. I created you in your mother's womb. How beautifully, wonderfully made you are. And so when we look at internal care, there's five realms that make up the human condition. And these are the areas that we need to manage in order to be whole people and congruent people. And this is the physical realm, the social realm, the intellectual realm, the emotional psychological realm, and the spiritual realm. And each one of those interplays with the other. If one is suffering, they all suffer. Part of being congruent is that all those five parts are working together simultaneously and congruently. So the physical piece some people do a lot better taking care of themselves physically, but they don't take care of themselves spiritually. Some people really focus on the spiritual piece and neglect the body God has given them. See, the body that God has given us is our home until we go to heaven. So just as you take care of your home, you need to take care of the home your spirit resides in. Your soul resides in this home. And this body, I had a huge insight a couple of years ago when I realized that my body, this was the only life it gets. It doesn't go to heaven with me. I get a new body. This is why when Jesus resurrected and returned, he looked different. The body he was born into was buried. And when he transcended to heaven and came back, he got a new body. This is why they didn't recognize him on the road to Damascus. When, they were, when the disciples were walking, they didn't recognize him until they recognized his spirit. And so this body, this is the only life it gets. We need to be nice to it. We need to be kind. We need to be forgiving. We need to be supportive of this body. This body is fighting every day to stay alive for us. God has designed this body to stay alive. This is why when, when we have people that suicide, attempt suicide, and their bodies don't die, they're angry at their body. 
but their body is designed to stay alive until God calls you home. So we want to take care of ourselves physically. And that does not mean indulgence. That means the same way I take care of my car. And we've talked about this before. That if I take care of my car and I maintain my car, I really don't have to think about it. And it works really well for me. It's the same for my body. If I neglect it, if I don't feed it, if I overfeed it, if I do substances, if I refuse to sleep like I should, if I don't relax, if I don't exercise it, it's going to suffer. And it can't work for me the way it is designed to work. So I want you to really consider as we go into 2018, what are some things I need to really commit to when it comes to my own health? What do I need to do? Do I need to drink more water? Do I need to take vitamins? Do I need to eat more protein? Do I need to stop smoking? Do I need to moderate drinking or not drink at all? What do I need to do? Do I need to sleep better? Do I need to do some form of exercise that makes sense to me? Even if I just walk around the block every day. Anything that you can do, and I don't, I don't want you to get crazy about it. We're not trying to be perfect. We're just maintaining. That's all we're doing. We're maintaining. And our bodies respond very well when we do a little good thing. They really do. So the second realm, this is the social realm. So what are we doing socially? One of the ways we take care of ourselves socially is by who we socialize with. Are we socializing with people that are uplifting, that maybe have our same value system, that are supportive of us? Or are we socializing with people that are dragging us down, that are mistreating us, abusing us, nasty to us, harmful to us. And this even, this even applies to family. And family's tough. And so sometimes we need to limit our exposure to family. And, and I have this great analogy that I really do hope you will take <laughs> in the spirit it's given. I say to clients often, you know, families like alcohol. You have to know their proof. Some families are like beer. You can indulge in that a lot. You just kind of get a little maybe drunk and sloppy and fat, right? Some families are like girly drinks. So they're, they're pretty fattening and they've got hard liquor in them, but, you know, it's, it's limited. You can maybe tolerate a few more girly drinks like, you know, pina coladas or whatever. Some families are hard liquor, bourbon, scotch, vodka. You got to be really careful about how much you imbibe that, in that. Some families are ever clear. You drink that, you're going to go blind. So you have to be careful with family. It doesn't mean that we don't stay connected to family, that we don't love family as best as we can. But depending on the level of dysfunction of our family, has everything to do how, with how sick we're going to get. And I had a client that had uh, come back. They had visited their family over Christmas, and um, they'd done a, they've done a lot of work over the year in their marriage, and they are much healthier. And, 
And they have a lot of family trauma and high abuse in their extended families. And they went back and visited, and they came home, and they were... They couldn't. Be, they were in shock, and they said, "Cynthia, now we know what you're talking about. We we really didn't realize how very abusive our our family is." And the the young woman was crying, and she said, "It's just so sad, and I don't know why I'm I'm so upset. I don't know why it bothers me so much. It just I just feel sick about it." And I said, "Well, I said you kind of have a family hangover. That's the problem. It's going to take you a while, and you're going to be okay." But you have to be careful. And they, they really made a commitment to each other and said, you know, when we go visit next time, we're not staying in their homes. We're going to stay in a hotel. We're going to limit the time that, that we interact with them. And that's a respectful, a very respectful, very loving, very healthy solution. There are few few families that you have to do all or nothing, where you just do, you know, I, I can't be with them ever. And there are some families that are that way. But the majority of our families are just struggling people. So it's our job as adults, when we decide to socialize with our family, how to do that in a way that we don't get sick, we don't get harmed, and that we actually bring some health, that we are more nutritious for them. And we can do that if we really use wisdom as to how much we can do, how long we can stay, and what we're willing to tolerate. And there are sometimes some family events go better than others, and some family events you need to leave a little earlier than you thought. And that's part of good self-care. That's managing the internal world as to how you make decisions and how you perceive your family, how personally you take your family, even if they want to make it personal, and managing the external social world as to how long I stay, how, how much I open up, what I'm willing to talk about, what I'm willing to watch on television or movies, and that's managing the external social world. So the third one is the intellectual world. How are we managing the intellectual world? Now, this has a lot to do with the way I think. I can't choose my feelings, right? My feelings just occur, and if I could choose my feelings, I'd be happy all the time. So my feelings occur. My thoughts, though, they may pop into my mind, but I choose if I'm going to think on it. And so when I have a feeling, I'm going to choose how I think about my feeling. And God talks to us at length about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, taking every thought captive that it does not exalt itself above God. So he wants us to be intellectually responsible. So that means just like with your computer, Our brains are a computer. Our soul and our spirit uses the brain. That's our mind, uses the brain the same way you use your computer. So we all know how very unwise, irresponsible, and dangerous it is if we follow everywhere Google tells us to go. Google, you put something in the search bar, you get how many responses as to where you can go and what windows you can open. And are you going to open all those links? You choose where you go 
when it comes to the Internet. You choose what you put in your computer. You choose what you load into your computer. You need. You are responsible for your computer, for your smartphone. Well, it's the same thing as your brain. Because the way we think has so much power as to how we act, as to how we feel, and as to how we perceive the world and others and God. So we need to be very careful with our thinking. I often say to clients, you know, you might want to challenge that thought. Because we are, we are in our country right now, our culture is not taught critical thinking skills at all. And so we just believe whatever we think. And if we think it, it must be true. And so I'm constantly saying, you know, you might want to challenge that thought. Have you thought about that thought? You might want to challenge that feeling. So we want to be very careful what we put into our minds. That means the movies that you watch, the shows you watch, the music you listen to, the things that you read, whatever you're looking at at YouTube, whatever articles, whatever books, whatever intellectually you are taking in. How much you listen to talk radio, right? I'm glad you're listening to my show. <laughs> but we have to be careful sometimes because it, we can get really depressed. We can get really upset. So that's part of managing my intellectual world. What I do in my mind. What I allow myself to think about others. How judgmental are you? How critical are you? How judgmental and critical are you of yourself? I want you to picture inside of your heart like a living room. And there's a couch in that living room. And Jesus is sitting there on that living room because he lives in your heart. And I wonder what he's hearing in your internal home. What does he hear? How does he hear you talk to yourself? How does he hear you talk about the people he loves? What does he hear? That helps us to be very responsible with the amazing minds and brains that God has given us. So I want you to think about really having intellectual discipline. So we're at coming to the end of today, and we're going to start tomorrow with this whole internal and external management. And we're going to talk about the emotional, psychological realm and the spiritual realm. So we are going to have a really good year. And I believe that. I don't believe that everything in it is going to be good. But I know and I've seen God causes all things to work together for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So everything that's going to occur in 2018, God can use for your good. And intellectually, that's how we're going to perceive what's happening. No matter how painful, how difficult... How unsure we are, we are going to continually remind ourselves God is causing all these things to work together for my good, and I'm going to find the good. So I'm so glad you joined me today. God bless you. 
And make sure that you check out the website and all the social media that we have for you. I love it when you comment and when you give me ideas that you would like me to talk about. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.